The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Well, I'm honored because I'm a, a huge fan. I don't know if you remember, I sat next to you at Emily Weiss's baby shower. I do remember, of course. Oh, I mean, I know. And I was so, <laughs> you were, of all the humans there, I was like, because oh I am so such, I, yeah, that was a really <laughs> That's your bedroom. Is that your bedroom? Are you on vacation? Or that's your house? This is my house. This was my parents. Okay. This was my parents' room when I was growing up. In LA? In Pasadena. Are you in LA? Pasadena. Nice. It's well, Nancy it beautiful. Nancy Myers land over here. I love it. Uh, thank I you. I love Nancy And As do I. So you had a very interesting childhood that kind of juxtaposes the beauty and glamour that I would, I would say you're synonymous with at this point. At one point you were living in a teepee. Is that correct? It is correct. <laughs> okay so where did you grow up i grew well i was born in san francisco mm-hmm. at home with a midwife on 18th and guerrero parents my my father grew up in burlingame he's second generation flemish my mother grew up in memphis tennessee and she's second generation italian and they met in boston and then moved to san francisco sort of back to his home town mm-hmm. and had me and my and and my brother and so we lived in San Francisco till I was probably about two and then my mother decided to leave my father and uh become or I don't know maybe she was already that but gypsy Montessori school Montessori trained educator and so I was homeschooled till I was 14 and we lived Three different places in North Carolina during sort of my childhood years. And then when I got to, then we came, came back to California. We were in San Francisco for a short period of time. And then we lived in Northern California in a place called Albion, which is near Mendocino on the coast. Very beautiful. Population mm-hmm. is 231. Yeah, I've been up and there. It's a whole other world. It's a whole other world. Small town. Beautiful. Like more and, cows. And, and then my mother befriended and garnered a lot of affection for 
a Native American tribe leader called Edison Chiliquin. The Chiliquin was the name of the tribe, and it's in Chiliquin, Oregon. Mm -hmm. And that's where the reservation was, and we went to live on it with a few other families for about nine months. So that's my, you know, claim to fame teepee life. And it was actually really incredible. Well, I'm sure Uh, that, I mean, there's nothing more beautiful than that kind of living. You know, living on the land, there was like sweat lodges. I was very, you know, connected to something much bigger than myself and, you know, spiritual connection and, you know, doing all the things that I feel like are very sort of mainstream and zeitgeisty at the moment. But when I was, you know, 12, like meditating and mm-hmm. vision quests and, you know, and, and yeah, so that was, that was my childhood. And then I, when I, when I was, I, I guess about 13 or 14, I said to my mother, like, I can't live like this anymore. I've got to be in the city. Yeah. And my, my father lived in San Francisco. And so I, I, I moved in with him and then I was there for a little bit. And then I went to New York city on a trip and looked around and said, this is the greatest city in the world. And mm-hmm. I figure out how to get here. <laughs> and then I moved here to New York. I'm in New York right now. Um, when I was like 22. And then met my husband when I was 30 and moved to LA. And I was there for about 15 years. And what and did you do yeah. when you lived? I mean, you've had in between all that, you had a variety of really kind of cool jobs and community building and interests in art, obviously. So you had, I read or I listened somewhere that you had a job. Everybody has that job that kind of like sparks their, it gives them like a little bit, like the light turns on a little bit. And for you, I heard that you had said that it was a woman, you were like a children's store but she gave you a lot of autonomy over your job and you were able to like do the windows and make like creative decisions is that right yeah and what like from there her name was carol yenny and she was she was a former like big shot executive at the gap and she left you know the gap is like the big clothing company in san francisco Mm -hmm. and you know what the gap is but in services go, it's like the gap. And so she left that big job and started her own small business clothing store. So that way, I guess she was entrepreneurial in that way, but I think approached it with her sort of residual learnings of corporate life. So I think it, she kind of treated it much more like a bigger operation than it was. <laughs> it's so generous (laughs) and uh giving me the comp you know the confidence giving me the autonomy that then gave me a confidence that I could do these different things and also learning just about how does you know a business work yeah from you know the balance sheet counting to the logo 
you know? How did you get to New York? I was, I, I worked, I started working as an assistant to real estate agents because at the time San Francisco was, uh, was booming real estate wise. It was like all this, you know, new wealth. And Mm -hmm. so it was very competitive and, you know, big shot kind of business school type of people were becoming real estate agents. What year is this? This was in 2002, yeah, 2003, 2004. So I, uh, I helped them to, brand themselves. I mean, I didn't think about it like that at the time, but you know, real estate is so much about relationships and networking. And and also the visuals, right? Because they had to like send visuals. out things and lay things out and make them yeah. look attractive, like the branding yeah. aspect of yeah. it. And the, the, the headshot, you know, they all have a headshot. <laughs> and was like the beginning of uh, email marketing. So that was very exciting because you could you know, send a newsletter to all of your top clients. So, so I was, I was helping them to differentiate themselves from each other, which led to me collecting, curating a lot of the who's who of San Francisco. And San Francisco is like a very small town. So the who's who is pretty small group of people. <laughs> <laughs> and so I then sort of parlayed that list I was like, I was kind of like Peggy Siegel, you know, Peggy Siegel in New York. Yeah, yeah. Like I was like her, but 12. And <laughs> and I would, I, I started working with restaurants and hotels to help them bring the cool people. Oh. And then, you know, because I was, I don't know, creative or had strong opinions about PR and brand and positioning, I would then get kind of pulled into design or, you know, Mm -hmm. press releases or so that, that's sort of how I first learned. I called it social marketing. Funny because it seems like you've been gathering communities and leading, uh, like leading people to you know, creating like an aesthetic way to present yourself very naturally for a very long time. I I don't really know when it started, but I, I, I always felt really obsessed with word of mouth and like how things become popular mm-hmm. and, and the, the people, you know, the, 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 the cohorts of people that influence other people and 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 figuring out a there's you know a real business i mean it's just marketing i really i guess you must love instagram do you get lost in instagram i, I love instagram <laughs> i love tiktok also i love tiktok i spend a lot of time love on TikTok. i mean i limit myself and i'm pretty in, intentional with my rabbit holes on social media <laughs> and I, I mean i really feel like I learned so much like so I definitely think about it like research yeah absolutely and incredible like how much information you can get in such a short 
period of time. I mean, in seconds, you can really, you can find a whole friend group and what all their brands are and how they started their brands and see breakups yeah. and really, I mean, it's just, it's incredible. It's incredible. <laughs> My husband always yelled at me for being on the phone too much. I'm like, this is literally what I'm supposed to be. This is my full job. My job. We have multiple brands and I do influencer stuff. I'm just not supposed to look at the Instagram. It's insane. And it's, I mean, what the the social media is so incredible to me because it's fairly easy for anyone to figure out how to make a hundred thousand dollars a year. Yes. Like the economy is there. And if you can't figure it out, there's a TikTok to tell you how to make a hundred thousand dollars a year is is a lot of money. Yeah. So much money. And like you could do it in a couple hours a day. I'm not saying it's easy, but it's there. The opportunity is there. Mm -hmm. The money is there. Yeah, which was not there before. I mean, I remember when Instagram started, I was working at Reformation at the time and I was like, we need an Instagram. And everyone was like, that's so lame. And I was like, no, I think Instagram's the new Facebook. And like started like a hashtag and like they still used it. They still use the ref babe hashtag. And I was like, see, I told you, like it's not going anywhere. No. What brought you to New York? Hmm. So, so I was, I was working in social marketing mm-hmm. and I, so I, I was working with a hotel and at the Ian Traeger group. And so the Ian, uh, Ian Traeger hotel in, in San Francisco. And I started working with some of his hotels in New York, which cool. very, was very brief. That's sort of what got me to New York. And then I started working on Norwood, the arts oh, yeah. club. I, I curated the founding membership, which was like. Cool. Oh, so we were in New York at the same time. <laughs> it was really fun. Yeah. It was 2005, I guess. That's, 2000... when, I, that's when I moved there. Yeah. We were there at the same time. Great time. I had a great time. That was the most fun. Most fun. I didn't go above 14th Street. Never. I I uh, used to play a lot of poker. <laughs> um, you know, drink and do other fun things. And that was all my 20s in New York. Was, yeah. Was Be- Beatrice, Rose Bar, the very end of... Very- Oh my God. Damien at Rose Bar. Rose Bar. Go- Rose Bar or Gold Bar? Rose Bar. Rose Bar. Gold Rose Bar, was, bar was at Gramercy. Gold Bar was on Mulberry. Yep. I was but there. I lived around the corner from Gold that Bar. Part. I was at Beatrice. I was at Socialista. Oh, yeah. Love. I mean, I was in all those places so many times. Every day. Yet. It's like all one memory. Like completely <laughs> all one memory. But that was every day. And, you know, I think that's what New York, it's so easy to connect and meet people and, and do create those communities. And LA, it's very hard. So, I mean, yeah. the way that you started Violet Gray and we'll get there, I think is really, I think I, whether it was a, just a natural thing or whether you really thought about it or not, but like you allowed that to happen in a place where it's like pretty hard to have any sort of community because everything's really far away. There's no like square, there's no meeting spots. There's no, I mean, LA is its own. Like I live in Pasadena. I don't see fucking anybody. (laughs) (laughs) But you got a lot of land. But I have a pool and some yard and that's nice. (laughs) So how long were you in New York for? I was there almost a decade. 
And you're one of the rare people who met a man and was able to get married in the chaos of New York. (laughs) Yes. I mean, I met Brad in LA, actually. I was in LA Mm. visiting Mm -hmm. LA. And we had a mutual friend that threw, threw me a dinner and he was there and I was there with my boyfriend at the time. Mm. And uh, it wasn't like a setup or anything, but he, you know, was taken with me <laughs> <laughs> and then pursued me for about a month and a half. And then it was over. And then you moved to LA? No. I pretended that I lived in New York for about two years, but I was in LA. <laughs> you didn't and get let go of the apartment. No. And I, <laughs> and my, I still have my 917 phone number. <laughs> what were you doing at the time? Were you, were you still with Norwood or you had moved on from that when you met him? No, I was, I was working with Norwood and I was working with a, a brand that I love called Kiki de Montparnasse. Yeah, the best. They're, you know, they have new owners and they're doing something different. But at the time they had a store. It was just like, it was great. I loved it so much. I was working with those two brands and yeah, mostly hanging out in LA. Yeah, what (laughs) was the... Thinking about business plans. I'm so excited to share my new favorite skincare brand, Oak Essentials, which is a line full of luxurious products at work. And they especially work if you're trying to achieve that natural, no makeup look. And it's no wonder because it comes to you by the team who created Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for simple approach to self-care, which is really what you get with Jenny Kane, right? It's a lineup of foundational skincare staples made from high quality ingredients to great products that really drive results. It aims to unlock healthy, glowing skin with decadent, hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. So we're talking like a moisture-rich balm that is yummy to die for, goodness, smooth on your skin. It's a nutrient-rich balm. It supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration. I use it for the daytime, and it's like really like the base of why I am so like dewy during the day. It features sea buckhorn fruit oil organic cocoa seed butter, organic coconut oil. And then they also have the dew body oil, which I had slathered on myself last night. It's this lightweight body oil that absorbs instantly. So you don't feel like oily and sticky and it's perfect before you go out at night. If you're going to expose your decolletage in your arms, but I put it on straight out of the shower. Oak Essentials is the go-to skincare brand for radiant glowing skin. And my followers get 15% off your first order when you use code BEST at checkout. That's 15% off your first order when you go to Oak Essentials. That is O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. Promo code BEST. Whether you're starting from scratch or filling in the gaps, Oak Essentials gives you one less thing to worry about. Treat yourself because you deserve it. You guys have heard me talk about Parallel before because it's my favorite vitamin routine. I cannot live without it. And that's because Parallel has sincerely and genuinely developed a vitamin routine that is appropriate for every stage of my hormonal life. It was a huge solution to a major problem that I had, which was 
taking a bunch of random stuff. And this is specifically for me when I was trying to conceive and dealing with my PCOS diagnosis. Like, you know, you Google online what you need and what you're supposed to take and what you're supposed to do. And you buy all these things separately and it costs so much money and parallel just put it all together perfectly. Each product is meticulously formulated by their founding team of world-class doctors, including OBGYNs, maternal fetal medicine doctors, endocrinologists, in partnership with functional medicine doctors, nutritionists, and even doulas. So it's one of the first products that I've ever encountered that both Western and Eastern medicine practitioners can agree on. And when I tell you they have everything, they have everything. Like they have a mom multi-pack, which I started taking as soon as Carmela was born. I like brought my little pack with me to the hospital. Now that we are headed, you know, into trying for baby number two, I'm taking the conception pack. I've been taking it for five months just to have it all ready. Davide is taking the men's multi because fertility is truly 50-50. And I do not go a day without taking the PCOS support. This is a life-changing supplement for me. Life-changing. I scream it from the rooftops. I recommend it in my yoga class. I recommend it when I'm at dinner with people. It's incredible. They have vitamin packs for every trimester of pregnancy. And if you're not ready for babies or any of this, they just have a great general multi-pack. There is nothing that they don't have. All packs are under $50 a month when you subscribe. So that's less than $2 a day and exclusively for our everything is the best listeners. Parallel is offering 15% off your first three months of Parallel with code BEST15. So head to Parallel.co, that is P-E-R-E-L-E-L.co and cancel at any time and get a 30-day money back guarantee. What was it like going from, I mean, nothing, I mean, LA and New York are obviously like so different and then you were thrust like really into like, Hollywood what was that transition like well I think like celebrity and glamour movie stars and swing pools and all that I I was I've been around that you know like in San Francisco it started with the who's who so I, I've been around the who's who my yeah whole. but I think it's like the I mean it's a cool but, cool who's who in New York is very different than in LA who's here you know it's a different network it's a different it's yeah a whole different world it's a whole different world I would say that I was much 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 more social in New York mm-hmm. uh, and and Brad and I had an apartment in New York and so we would be in New York a lot LA the social part of life in LA for me and my experience was work Good work, fun, fun work, yeah. but work, you know? So it wasn't, I mean, with the exception of Brad's, one of Brad's best friends was Lauren, My- was, is Lauren Michaels. Brad has passed away. So, and Lauren Michaels, New York, obviously. And when he would come to town, we would make a dinner party for him. And those are some of the most. I was, that just made my heart want to explode. It was, it, they were so fun. Those dinner parties were so fun. And I, I would just cure, kind of like Norwood or my, just curate people, like pe- people that they, you know, we knew really well and people that we didn't know very well and people from different walks of life and mm-hmm. they were really fun. And those are not work. That was like fun, mm-hmm. you know? What made you want to go into beauty more than any other? I mean, it seemed clear that you were an entrepreneur. It seemed clear that you were a connector. It seemed clear you had an incredible eye. It could have gone into any 
thing, really. What was it about beauty that drew you? Yeah, I, I think it's like kind of as simple as I was so influenced by Natalie Massonet at Netta Porte and her story. And, you know, I, I read an article, I say this all the time, but it's the truth. I read an article where she says she'd combined her, she just, she described her business, what she was doing as combining two addictive activities, perusing a magazine and shopping. And I was like, this is just so brilliant. I can't deal with this and <laughs> wasn't doing beauty. Mm. So I, 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 at the time I had a lot, I, I, I was writing business plans since I was, you know, I don't know, 19, buying yeah. URLs. Like I, I have a thousand ideas for business. <laughs> and every time I meet someone or get to know someone, I will, you know, entrepreneurialize them. Mm -hmm. I'm very good at like figuring out what you should do as a business. <laughs> and I love it. So I had a lot of ideas for businesses. This was one of the ideas, which was the net-a-porte of beauty. Yeah, cool. And yeah, I think beauty because net-a-porte didn't have beauty. I think that's why beauty. I mean, I I was a very avid uh, beauty consumer. Mm -hmm. I did recognize that I was learning about the products to buy from magazines and then going to the store and buying them. And that felt like a problem to solve. Mm -hmm. And I, I knew that like becoming the trusted source in beauty was, didn't exist. Like there wasn't a trusted source in beauty. Mm -mm. No, there wasn't. So, at all. so I was like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. And how did it start? Where were you, I mean, you used to have like a really beautiful space where you would invite people to, right? Yeah. I mean, I, the, I wrote the business plan when I was in New York. And then when I met Brad, moved to LA, had this sort of new exposure to Hollywood and the industry and the red carpet and makeup artists and hairstylists and nail artists and image makers that were, the stakes are so high. So the authority is there. Like the 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 professional image makers, makeup artists, hairstylists, plastic surgeons, dermatologists, whatever, that are working on the most, you know, famous faces in the world that that are representing multi-billion dollar franchises and influencing practices and purchases globally, there's a lot of authority in them. They have, they have a lot of information mm -hmm. that I thought we could get to and share and the just makeup artists and as a category mm -hmm. are are the best editors of makeup yeah of course world. of course you have to fit everything in a suitcase mm -hmm. so yeah like just being exposed to all of that which was community which i knew was very powerful for making things popular mm -hmm. <laughs> so, and acti activating a community of people is if, if, if one can do it is very good tool when 
launching anything. Mm -hmm. So identifying that there is this community of authorities that could curate products and tell us about the good stuff. It's just connecting all those dots. Oh, this is really good. And then I'd collected images like, you know, all my life I've mood boards for days and, 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 you know, books for days and I've loved them and loved them so much. Love Are you images. good at editing? Like as somebody who has so many mood boards and, you know, is well-versed in art and typography and everything, was it really hard for you when you sat down to be like, okay, like this is our branding, this is our logo? Like, did that feel like a lot of pressure? Or did that come really naturally? No, comes really naturally. Cool. Really, that's so and interesting. It's really, it's really fun. And it's like, I, I, I love it because I'm really good at it. Mm-hmm. I, just, I know how to create a distinct point to view. And it, it, I've, I've done it, you know, behind the scenes for, for people. I've done it for myself. It's, they're, it's so satisfying. And yes, I'm, I'm a great editor as long as I can have courage of conviction mm-hmm. and listen to my intuition. So I, yeah, I mean, I struggle because I, you know, think I'm, don't know anything. And I don't know anything, by the way. But I, 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 my first thing is to doubt myself and doubt my instincts and doubt my intuition and, and listen to other people's opinions and being influenced by them. And that's not what works for me. What works for me is like, listen to my intuition. I always have the answers. Yeah. And I just have to trust them. And they're not, I really don't think that any of it comes from me. I think it's from God or whatever your idea of that is. Yeah. Because it just comes through you from another place. Yeah. And it's like magic. Do you meditate or do you anything that like allows you to tap into that if you're feeling really chaotic? Because you're a mom, you have, I can't imagine what like an average day looks like for you. So how do you all of a sudden then like put like a creative like zoned out hat on? I mean, that's like impossible for me. It seems impossible for you, right? Because you're so busy and you got so much stuff going on and it's all very exciting. And look at where you live. It's so nice. Like, <laughs> But uh, to, to answer your question, not, I mean, when I was living in the TP, lots of meditating. So it, my early life uh, with my mother was very connected to spirituality and yoga and mindfulness and all this, all this stuff. And then I, you know, kind of rebelled against it. Do you think the Montessori method also? Oh yeah, be like it because I'm putting our daughter in Montessori next month. Yes, it's great. It's great for creatives too. It's great for creative. It's great for. I mean, I believe that we're all creatives. We're all artists. We all have it in us and have a innate need to create. Mm -hmm. And it's, I think, goes back to like the same struggles that I have. I, I identify as an artist but I have the struggle of like doubting myself. And I do think art comes from a bigger place. Mm-hmm. And I think the Montessori classroom is very much about giving you the autonomy as a child or human, like Steve Jobs modeled the retail environment about around a Montessori school classroom. Mm-hmm. Like it's meant to, you know, complement your intelligence. So you, go into the classroom or you go into Apple store and you 
choose where you want to go. So already you're sort of thinking independently. Mm-hmm. There's no one like there like trying to sell you something. Mm-hmm. And you get to, in a classroom, you get to the, you know, exercise or lesson. And it's all like very neatly. The The ritual of doing it is all, has a lot of structure around it. Mm-hmm. But you choose and then you take it out and you set it up and you do it and then you put it back and then you put it back. Mm-hmm. And it, there's not too much to choose from. Mm-hmm. It rotates. Mm-hmm. You don't have too much to choose from. And that's like so profound in 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 business and relating to business. I'm, I'm big into Montessori. Uh, in business and certainly for children to learn how to learn mm-hmm. and uh yeah so that's great that yeah you seem like it's funny when you see so even like the owner of the school she was like you know once if you have a Montessori foundation and you go out into the world like you can point out other Montessori people in like the workplace <laughs> yeah no you can't <laughs> I was like till I was 14 Montessori homeschooled like yeah that's a that's a lot that's a lot of Montessori because <laughs> usually people just <laughs> tap that in for like a preschool moment yeah, yeah, it's preschool. <laughs> that's when it's just start stop but yeah I mean it's <laughs> I'm so grateful now because it's really helped me to think differently yes As a business of one, you're killing yourself for everything that you earn. And I know that there's so many of you listening to this who understand that sentiment. So when you're paying a CPA and a bookkeeper and then once you hire someone, you have to figure out how to do payroll and all these other admin services, every dollar out is so, so painful. And not only does your admin work cost you an arm and a leg, it also takes away from your own billable hours. I spent years wasting all of my time doing admin work. And it wasn't until I got it together that I was able to really amplify my business. And there is no better way than collective.com. Collective was built specifically for business of one that are making over $60,000 in profit a year. Collective handles all the stuff that used to cost a pile of money for a fraction of the cost and listen up because I'll tell you how to save on your membership and lock in their lowest price of the year. Here's how it works. You just go to collective, right? And it's an all-in-one financial solution. It handles, it handles your business formation and compliance paperwork your taxes, your bookkeeping, your accounting, and even your payroll. And like I said before, these are usually all separate services. And if you're set up as an LLC or a sole proprietorship, Collective can elect your S-corp status, which could save you thousands on your taxes. I, I say this so passionately because my life took a huge turn when I started doing all of this. Like when I became an S-corp, was able to save on my taxes. I was able to build a life for myself. In fact, Collective members save on average $10,000 a year on taxes with this structure. A collective membership pays for itself within just a few months and it's tax deductible. These are the things that when you talk to people who are really successful, they know all this stuff and you're like, what? Like, why isn't this common knowledge? I'm telling you, you need to invest a little bit of money every month 
to have collective handle all this stuff for you. You will save so much on your taxes. And then this is tax deductible. It's incredible. The price goes up on September 1st. So you got to lock in your lower rate for a full year today. To sweeten the deal, get an extra $100 off when you go to collective.com slash Pia. But you have to do it before September 1st. Team of experts will handle your business formation, your accounting, your bookkeeping, your payroll, your business taxes for a fraction of the cost. Plus, save potentially thousands of dollars a year on taxes. That's collective.com slash Pia. You know, we're always trying to bring Italy home. And our girl Jennifer Lopez felt the same way. And that's why she created Delola Spritz. Delola is a delicious world-crafted cocktail made with premium spirits and natural botanicals, and it's totally ready to enjoy. All you have to do is pour over ice, sit back, sip in the sunshine, and feel like you're on the coast of Italy. Delola is the effortless drink to have all year long. So whether you're by the pool, the beach, or just hang out in the backyard, Delola takes all the work out of having a delicious crafted cocktail because the whole thing is already just in the bottle. I mean, you literally just open the bottle, you pour it over ice. It's fabulous. There is a Delola spritz option for everyone. My personal favorite is the Paloma Rosa spritz, which is made with tequila, grapefruit, and elderflower. The Bella Berry spritz is made with vodka, berries, and hibiscus. And the La Orange is made with Amaro, orange, and passion fruit. Delola is made with natural botanicals. It's gluten-free. It's 110 calories a serving, and it has less alcohol than traditional cocktails. It's about the same amount as a glass of wine. The best part is Delola makes it easy to entertain with a lot of the effort of making cocktails. So like when we have parties, we just leave them out with a beautiful bucket of ice, and then we just do different little toppings. Like we'll do beautiful slices of grapefruit for the Paloma. We'll do some berries for the Bella Berry Spritz and then slices of orange for the orange. And it just like looks and feels like you've done so much and it's delicious and easy. Visit delolalife.com to find a store near you that carries Delola and follow Delola on Instagram to learn more. Please enjoy responsibly. So the first space you had, that's in the building where the store is now, right? Yeah, it's a John Wolf building which is very romantic. So beautiful. So connected to Los Angeles. And I was, when I got to Los Angeles, I was really uh, hell-bent on meeting, just meeting, getting to know them would have been, was was also great, but I was just wanted to meet them, which was, was, was Robert Evans, who we became very close, and also Sue Mingers, neither of which are with us anymore, but they both, they're both so, they were both so glamorous, so Hollywood, just so rich with content and inspiration for the Violet Gray point of view. Mm-hmm. And they both lived in a John Wolf building, uh, a house oh, cool. with architect. So like this John Wolf architecture on Melrose Place was just like, it all, mm-hmm was connected and yeah we the we were upstairs in in the building that the row is now in Mm -hmm. our first office and who was your first hire like how did you what was the role even there was like a period of time where I had the sort of leisure and luxury of building out the vision and the brand book and I had this office where I was also working with this um, cu- uh, vintage curator whose dream was to have her vintage collection at Bergdorf's, which we did. So I was doing that and cool. building out the business model. 
And so there were, there was that I had, you know, some assistants there, like a studio manager there. And then when starting Violet Gray, my first hire was um, my, one of my co-founders who is called Ariella Feldman, who was my COO. And it took me, you know, it took me like that sort of years before where I was really, you know, developing relationships with industry people and, you know, talking to as many people as I could, but also trying to raise money. Yeah. Not successfully. (laughs) (laughs) Until I I hired her and she, you know, partnered with me. That's when we started to really see some traction Mm -hmm. investors because she very quickly, you know, she, she was a, she was a kid from Brooklyn who got herself into Harvard law school and got out of school, practiced the law for a year or something, hated it, wanted to be a very specifically an e-commerce entrepreneur. So, oh, so like, that was perfect. <laughs> So then, you know, me and her around the table, still women, you know, first time entrepreneurs. I think I was, I was viewed as connected, you know, but Mm -hmm. I didn't have a track record for building a business. Mm -hmm. She didn't either. But the two of us together, I feel like they looked at us and it's like Harvard. She's very, you know, she was very. Uh, analytical and direct in her communication. And I was very visionary and, you know, Montessori school person. Mm-hmm. And, and then, yeah. So we were able to raise our first round of funding, which, which is sort of where I mark the beginning of by the gray, because then it, you know, then it's like, you're spending somebody else's money you're on the clock and you're meant to do extraordinary things with not enough money and not enough people. and not enough time. Mm-hmm. It's like a sick joke kind of venture backed companies. <laughs> <laughs> well, also a sick joke when like, you're doing yeah, it yourself. Let's see if they can do it. It's so it's like there's a, such a small chance that they'll be successful. <laughs> We're like gonna take the chance. When but did you open the store? We opened the store. So the stores in the in the building where the office was. So we were in that office. We were onboarding brands. We were, it was like, you know, decks for days. Yeah. Get, you know, let's find out everybody we know who knows anybody who can connect us to anybody important at any of the brands. And it was like, how do we get to Tom Ford for 15 months? And then how do we get to this, you know, there it's all, it's all like, how do you get to these people the right way? And then what do you present to them? Mm -hmm. And we really were, were people, you know, loved, loved us and our mood board and, you know, we're cool and have good taste and blah, blah, blah. But like, they're not going to do business with us. And then we, Vogue did a story on us, on me. And it was like, it was at, it was in 2014, 13, 2013. So I think still to this day, like Vogue doesn't put everything online, but I, this story is, 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 is makes me look so cool. and so smart and so <laughs> glamorous and 
like the people that are talking about me are incredible. Like, it is the it is the greatest resume of all time. And it's not online. Like I'm like, how can we get this online <laughs> that people can read it? Because it will do all the work for me. Like I can't talk about myself like that. Yes, of course. It was so incredible, the Vogue effect. Yeah. And it's like people thought, yeah, they like us, but like they're not gonna do business. After the vote, they all, all the Everyone, decision makers they were wanting to work with you. Brands read that thing from, and it was September issue. Like mm. I looked cool. The headline was like, she's so violent. Like, they oh got my God. Violent, cool. Adjective. I mean, it was just incredible. So that's really one of the big moments that, that turned it around for us. Because if we didn't get the brands, we, we, we would have to pivot our whole business concept yeah. mm-hmm. our model because it was like, we wanted the, all the major brands and we wanted to cherry pick them. So this was like, this, that was the plan. Yeah. They weren't able to get. And so to answer your question, most of them would not at the time do business with a pure play e-commerce. Mm. e-commerce was like gauche. Mm-hmm. You had to have a store. Yeah. So we in our business plan, we had a vision for a store, like a private, you know, experiential, like cool place. But it wasn't going to happen for later, you know. But we. It's had- so funny because being like a customer, I would assume from the outside that it that a store was the first because you are so experienced. It's such an experience. Like it's such a luxury experience going into Violet Gray. We're going to be digital, digital, like Net-A-Porter beauty. Like that's what like. By the way, which makes sense because the Net-A-Porter, like, and I see that when still, when I look at the site, because it's always been editorial. Yeah. Which is how, where like the aspiration comes from. You like want to be that girl or like, so it all, it all makes total sense, but it's, it's like, what a blessing. So funny how these things happen. What a blessing that the retail space was made itself available to you. It was so, cause, cause we were going to launch in April of, of two, we, we, we were set to launch the e-commerce product, April, 2014. We could not launch if we did not have the brands. Yeah. <laughs> And we had enough of the brands. We launched with 21 brands. We launched with the, we launched with the red carpet edit. That was our answer. Like it was very considered that we only have 21 brands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exclusive, your exclusive edit of 21 brands. (laughs) And so, yeah, but we, but we quickly found out that like Tom Ford and the, the major brands would not do business with us unless we had a store. And they wanted to see the store and everything. So I hired Bill Sofield to work with me on the store who did the Tom Ford stores mm-hmm. and his houses and all that. And there, the Temperly, the brand Temperly was, yeah. in, our, was in our shop. And um, serendipitously, they were leaving or their lease was up or something at the exact right moment. And we had to get, we had to get it ready in like two months and we did. Wow. And it was like the best, it really is. It is, it is, it was, it was so important to, to building that brand and credibility. The, it is just the, 
just this, it's a, it's, it's primarily an e-commerce business. It's like, you know, 95% e-commerce, but the store give people think about shopping the shelves of those, of that store. And That's, because it's yes. full, it's like, it, it, it makes it substantial and feel like a historical narrative that makes it feel like it's been around a lot longer mm-hmm. than it than it is. I'm, I really love brick and mortar. So I, I do, I do too, more than anything. And I want that experience, like as somebody who grew up in LA in the early 2000s, when it was like tabloid culture, like shopping on Robertson or going vintage shopping, shopping on Melrose, like driving over and like having that experience. Like, you know, I'm still good friends with people who like worked at Madison on Robertson because, but, and I would like worked a retail job in Pasadena, like save up my money to go like buy stuff. And, but I just wanted to touch things and like, look at things and like, yeah. And, and we've gotten so digital and we should, but I think that having a foundation of an experience, even if you're seeing photos of the experience online, yeah. like even if it's through Instagram of this store, like I've been there once, you know. Oh, I mean, the Violet Gray store, by the way, I went in there six months ago. <clears throat> I've been wearing nude lip liners, but I didn't, I couldn't find the right shade. And I walked in and I know what I know is that I can ask anybody, any of the sales associates, their opinion, and it will be the right opinion. Like the, I, I, I trust the employees there so wholeheartedly. And I walked in and I said, I need a nude lipstick that's not too brown and I don't want it to be pink at all. But I want to give oomph to my lips in the right way. And yeah. he said, oh, Victoria Beckham number two. <laughs> and that yeah. is my... Favorite lip liner. <laughs> I know. I love that. I mean, I love beauty products so much. And that story is 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 a story that I've had so many times in my you know cosmetic wardrobe where <laughs> I find this one product that then just becomes like a part of my signature and confidence and like mm-hmm. don't know how I can live without it. Beauty has such a power in that way. What was it like? I want to talk about it really quickly. I mean, you have now sold to Farfetch. So I know that with that comes like a new level of pressure and interesting things too. I mean, everybody always sees those headlines as obviously a huge success and it is, but like, what has that been like for you? Well, very like posh people call it a liquidity event. Oh. I love this. <laughs> I, I, I had a liquidity event and now I'm saying that to everybody instead of I sold it. <gasps> I'm kind of sexy. I love that rebrand. Okay. Event. How, was, how was that for you? It was, it was right on time. Thank you. It, it was, it was, it was right on time. You know, I was living in LA. It was, uh, you know, I lost my husband, you know, just over six years ago. And building Violet Gray, building any company, Mm. I think, in my experience and 
observation of colleagues and other entrepreneurs is insane. Like it's it's a it's a, the lifestyle of an entrepreneur. I don't think it has to be this way. And certainly, this next chapter of my career, I have wisdom and hopefully can impart it on other entrepreneurs. But in my case, in my experience, like so many people at the time, it was full on, like all all the time. It was all I thought about, obsessed yeah. with it. And and I don't want to say all I thought about because my husband also had cancer for five and a half years, which was- He was struggling for five and a half years. Yeah. Oh my God. And my role in our cancer was keep the dukes up, never even talk, you know, never admit defeat, never even talk about it. Like we are not going to die. This is a chronic illness. And I really, I really thought that Mm -hmm. we're the lucky years there a lot of cancer is now a chronic illness, mm-hmm. not a death sentence requires treatment that has, you know, side effects and all of that, but it's not death. So it was very much about building the life that we were fighting for. So keep it moving. Like we were building houses, having baby. He had a, you know, gigantic job and career and I was building a company and all of it was, Let's build the life we are fighting for mm-hmm. and live it, you know? And so, yeah, I mean, in retrospect, it was, you know, it's, 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 it's hard to know how I survived, but I did. Do you think that that kept him alive longer? Is that Absolutely. it had to have, right? Yeah. Yes. And there's, it's like, these, this is, this is like facts, like data. Like if you have like people with faith are more likely to to live like by, by like 30%. Yeah. So you keep it positive and you, you know, you, you do, you keep, you keep, you try to be present as much as you can. You do things like, you know, go ride a horse if you don't know how to ride a horse, because there's no way you can do anything, but try to figure out how to stay on the horse if you're riding a horse for the first time. <laughs> like you do things like that all the time where you're getting present in your body that is wants to perform for you. And uh and yeah, so when he died, it was I I went into physical shock, which I'd never experienced in my life. And I don't even really know how to explain it apart from it's I don't have a lot of memory of it. How old uh, was your son at the time? He was two. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Oh. It was hardcore, very hardcore. And, you know, it's, it's it, having experienced giving birth to life, bringing life into the world, and now, you know, saying goodbye to life, experiencing it leave the world, they're very, very similar events mm-hmm. so it, there's something circular about having those two experiences mm-hmm. in life that I think 
have given me so much unique perspective around death mm-hmm. and and the circle of life and i i don't have fear about death anymore and i don't i can say with 100% certainty that we don't just die yeah I believe it's like the best moment of our lives is the day we die mm-hmm. so that's all good you know i think i i'm so grateful for these life experiences and you know giving birth to my son our son was you know, the best moment of my life and and losing brad in my in my arms oh, um, not the best moment of my life but just as impactful because they're both love like one is really tragic obviously mm-hmm. but it's not it's not tragic if you don't have deep deep love if you don't have deep love it's like nothing no big yeah totally yeah it, but with deep love it's very intense so so yeah so after that i you know my whole life had ha- had changed and i've you know even even though i had cancer and one would think i would have time to prepare or whatever i did not prepare at all i had no plan for if this were to happen i did not think it would happen until 12 hours before it happened uh-uh. so dealing with like okay i got to change everything's got to ch- change now and i i just i felt like i could not like i couldn't change i couldn't lose like violet gray too like it was i had to keep something that was yeah stable mm-hmm. and growing, you know, something mm-hmm. that needs me in my life. And, you know, my number one priority is, is me and my health. And then Jules, who's my almost eight-year-old. And then, and then at, at that time, Violet Gray. And yeah, so even, even though I really likely should have taken a year off or two years off and it like this is just, just the last the five years before that was it was you know there was nothing easy about building violet gray nothing mm-hmm. it was all hard <laughs> yeah and getting through just every i'm sure I, I i made a lot of mistakes but just early stage like i said trying to get a lot done with not a lot of time on all of money on all resources and then add like real life stuff it, I mean, I don't, it just seems, impo- the whole thing seemed completely impossible and insane. For someone like you and definitely someone like me, I don't speak, a year off after that kind of life event, like might not have been the, a good thing. You know what I mean? My, it's, it's, it's still that like hope and faith and purpose and energy. There's so much energy around death too. Yeah. So it to to all of a sudden have to be still, especially the way that you're describing how you were dealing with cancer, keeping it moving, building things, moving forward. I mean, it's almost in the legacy of Brad, who would have told you keep going, which I'm sure you have thought about that a million times. So yeah, maybe yeah. mental health wise, certain people would say, yeah, it's time to sit in some stillness. But I don't know for certain people that can be the, the opposite of what you need yeah and I think I mean I think that 
I'm a, I'm a good entrepreneur to invest in because I, I, I take it very, very seriously. Mm -hmm. I, I did, I did not feel like I could abandon ship like these, mm -hmm. this people's money and now team and community and our customers. And like, I have to deliver with, to all these people and I cannot let this fail. Yeah. So I didn't feel like I had a choice. I couldn't step away from that pressure and lifestyle. So when Farfetch came, because we weren't for sale, like we weren't running a process. We didn't talk to anybody else. We were fundraising. We were raising growth capital. Mm -hmm. And they came and offered to buy it. And, you know, the, the, the vision of connecting what we do to this sort of global infrastructure is very exciting. And then the timing of someone coming along and saying, let me take all of this responsibility off of your plate. Because it's the responsibility of mm -hmm. it that mm -hmm. is very, you know, it, it's uh, very stressful, mm -hmm. incredibly stressful. Yeah, so and then if there's somebody who has infrastructure or certain things that are second nature to them, it's like, yeah, please I, take it. <laughs> please. Being, yeah, it's it it was it was it was a big deal and right on time. And it, you know, I, I still feel such a responsibility to Violet Gray. It took me a really long time to like let let like to, you know go to bed at night or go throughout the day and everything that I was reading or consuming or wasn't making me worry about something about it. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, totally. It, it, it's no longer my problem to solve. And there's, I, I think business, my experience anyways, it's a bunch of problems. Some you can anticipate, some you can't. And if you don't really love solving problems, then you don't have any place in business because mm -hmm. that's what it is, I think. Yeah, we deal more with that than we do with the, the creative stuff. We can make those decisions in two seconds, but like getting a box that's stuck in customs or like how to communicate better with our customer, like, you know, with my husband's business and our business, those are the, <clears throat> he was having like a meltdown yesterday and I was like, it's okay. I was like, you don't know this. So like, you're so talented, but like, why would you know to do that? And he was like, I was like, he almost felt like I was like trying to just like lift him up. And he was like, I'm learning. Okay. I'm just, and this is the process. And then in a month from now, I'll know how to do this really well. And it won't be a problem again. And it was just like, yeah, but okay, great. Like it's constantly that, which is so wild putting out fires all the time. It is. Oh, I can't imagine what it would feel like to be able to like go to bed at night and be like, oh yeah. It's really wild. I can uh, just like look at the, now I can look at TikTok freely. <laughs> Meanwhile, I can't wait to start the next thing. I'm sure that was going to be my next question. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think entrepreneurs are, you know, we're, we, we have to do what we do. And, you know, I think it's important to take breaks and, and with each venture, take 
you know, what you learned from the last one and make it simpler, easier. Do you know um, what category, do you have anything in mind? Do you know what category you would go into? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've been working on a brand platform where I will get behind likely like five to seven mono prestige brands over the next decade. Building, building them, nurturing them. I love the, I love the process of taking a brand from niche to legacy. I'm that's so funny. We talked we, that we talked about that yesterday. My husband is a luxury menswear brand, and he was yeah. like, he was like, what what happens when I'm not niche anymore? And I said, you enter luxury, and it becomes heritage, and that's where you're supposed to be. Because he's like, I like that it's just me, and I like that people come in, and I like this experience. And I said that the art of it is scaling it with still having that same experience, and then you just become a luxury heritage brand. Yeah. That everybody talks about. Not yeah. a lot of people know how to do that. I'm obsessed with that. That's what I love the most. And, uh, and yeah, communities, it's, it's all about, I think communicate communities very much dictate the fate of, mm -hmm. of a consumer brand. Um, right. last yeah. question, because I have to, uh, it's like, a, it feels like a cheesy shift considering what we've been talking about, but I do want to know what your top five products are. <laughs> No, I know. I mean, it's so funny because my, it, no matter, it's like every walk of life, I love about beauty. John Dempsey said, I think also on a podcast, he was like, it's such a great business because there's no one in the world that's like, I look, I could not, I could not look any better. You know, like <laughs> everyone thinks they could look better and they all want some kind of edge. Yeah. And I'm talking about everyone. Like I, everyone is is there's like a frenzy for the information a frenzy yeah a frenzy and you could i could give product recommendations every second and people would not be annoyed like no. it's like so crazy you could <laughs> add to cart tell me tell me tell me tell yeah. me stuff and uh and i just love that because it really does connect us all because it's just it's about self-esteem and it's, all, it's comfortable and attitude and yes there's the theater of it and the fashion and the utility and it's like it's just got everything there's a and little yeah. vulnerability there too to admit that you want to look a certain way or that you're striving to have this I think it's I think it's there's like a charm to it and everybody has a person in their life that they aspire to or like you know, I don't like, it doesn't sound like your mother was a woman who wore a lot of makeup, but she probably had some sort of routine that you were like, oh, like I, like I, I can, my eyes use the same chair that my mom sat in to like paint her nails and do her makeup. And I sit and I just, even just sitting in that chair, I'm like, ah, oh, like, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's adorable. I mean, rituals that you unite us for, for sure. And, and like you're talking about with the nude lip liner. Like, they really do beauty products really do have the power to make you feel more confident and comfortable in your skin. And like life is just, I don't, for me, it's miles better when you feel comfortable in your skin. And I <laughs> rarely feel comfortable in my skin. I don't walk around feeling like I look great ever 
but there's moments that I feel that way. Mm-hmm. And they, they usually always are, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, leveraging beauty products and fashion and mm-hmm. that kind of, uh, expression to help me get into a, uh, vibe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, products. So I, I, I am very into sleep at the moment mm-hmm. and also sort of n- most important beauty. I'm wearing my aura ring begrudgingly. <laughs> and mattresses. So I have a Hestings mattress, which is very expensive. Does so, the Swedish guy come and put his little shoes on and do the dance? Yes. And it's I fucking hilarious. I think it's, you know, the, my favorite thing that I own mm-hmm. and it lasts, lasts a lifetime. So it's mm-hmm. like a car and I, I it's, I, I, I just love it so much. So mattress, Hustings mattress, greatest product, a sleep instrument, instrument, sleep instrument is what they call it. Mm-hmm. This Lima laser. You know I just got thing? one. They just sent it to me. Ooh, because it's very expensive also. I looked that up when it arrived here and yeah. was very grateful for that gift. Okay, it's so good. So you haven't started using it, right? I used it for the first time two nights ago, then my mother stole it from me. So it's downstairs with her. I, my best friend stole, stole mine when I, first, when I first got one. And then it took me a long time to get an, another one. <laughs> but it, the... The issue with it is that you really do have to use it for 30 minutes every day. Yeah. Okay. For three months. That's but it's and then you're and then you train your muscle or your, you know, your in, intelligent skin in, intelligence. So then you just need to do it like twice a week. Okay. But you just get it, you know, it's I like I love the ritual of it now. Do you use any cream or do you use their cream? I use a face oil. I use yeah, okay. Like Augustine's butter face oil or the Vintner's daughter face oil. I don't, I don't like the, the gel that comes with it. Mm-hmm. Um, sticky. I don't like that, but it, it, it just, it just needs to be able to glide. You don't need that specific. That's energy. what I figured. And yeah, I don't like those gels either. They feel like lube for your face and it's yeah. not like a luxury experience to me. And you can just like rub it like this. I watched the YouTube like tutorial. Ever- Okay, the area. Okay, so you know. So this one is great. It, it really works, but it only works if you use it consistently. Okay. Every You've so, now inspired me to make sure that it because I was on my side table, but it, it was absconded. You it every day, like just put it in part of your routine, like while you're watching TV or something. Mm-hmm. But you will see the results. Like what? It's 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 you just you know i i get i used to get botox like one you know every 6 months sometimes every 3 months i love botox i use dysport i love dysport is that like another new new botox it lasts longer and it it's fast acting so like well, I, I get injected and like the next day i'm frozen okay maybe i need that since i've been using the lima i just i don't i just need botox like once a year whoa really it creates, you know, it, it eliminates wrinkles and creates luminosity. Oh, wow. Okay. So I like that. So that's great. Great new product. 
What else do I like? I mean, my I Jillian Dempsey, the makeup artist. Mm-hmm. Who I love. I love her line. She's she's a very curated line, but she mm-hmm. makes these cheek, lip and cheek tents that mm-hmm. since they came out, I'm just addicted to. I have them everywhere. I, it's for me. It's like my favorite. And then speaking of Victoria Beckham, there's this this highlighter stick that she has. Oh, I have that and I haven't used it. I mean, it. not highlighter stick, sorry. Isn't it the contour? Uh, contour? Stick? Yeah. yeah, contour stick. And you put a little bit here. Oh, it's like the Elsa Hosk effect. Yeah. Ooh, smart. But also you use like a regular contour stick. Yeah, but it's small, so you could do it in the little creases on your and lips. This is, yeah, this is new. Love this. Oh, I will order that. And then that. this is the Jillian Dempsey looks like this. and. I just went blonde, so I feel like now I need more color, but I know how did that feel? Just like peach. Oh, gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, it's taken me some time to get used to, but I love it. I love you it. look great. The whole process, like to get it the right color, the tone, and your hair's the, long now. The root, yeah, it's long. I mean, it's not that long. It's like that long. Yeah. Um, it took me a while, but I'm into it. I feel like it's a rebrand. I was thinking of maybe that looks so nice yeah and then you just put it here too i love a peach moment i have a peach although i feel like with blonde i need a little bit more color now but that one was my favorite but they no, just, you're very like Bridget 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 right now. Yeah. yeah that looks fabulous and that's just like so easy and it's like a little messy and like done. yeah i like it when it's a little messy too yeah i always do like the that victoria beckham liner and i like outline but then i rub it I like rub it all around so it's like not like a line like a perfect line it goes a little yeah. bit outside of my lip yeah, that looks good. really good it's good so those two i love and then so like a serum or a moisturizer i'm like what's what serum are we using and currently i'm using something that i'm working on that is not for sale yet but i have been Influencing purchase decisions around the <laughs> eighth day serum, which we launched at Violet Gray last year. It's really but which good. one? Eighth day. Oh, yes. Eighth day serum, re- rejuvenation, rejuvenating serum. Very good. And then I love the Vintner's Daughter face oil. It's it's strong, so I only use it twice a week. The, the Melanie Simon Serum C. Oh, C- yeah. The best of all time. I love this. I used to just watch her YouTube video. There was a time where I would watch her YouTube videos of her like 45 minute nighttime routine. And I would do it. I would do that like every night, like when I didn't even have like that, I was like broke and I was like buying Biologique and priorities. Made me feel really good. I was single. So it was important to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good investment. And yeah. And then, right. you know, Augustina's Botter, I use the cream. I love the hair oil. Mm. That's a bunch of products, right? There's there- a lot of products. That's so great. So well, thank you so much for Atelier. love. I have a full face of Westman Atelier on right now. I love Westman Atelier. That that uh, I think it's called complexion drops or something. Mm-hmm. 
it's like oil oil foundation and mm-hmm. it's care and it's so good and you need just a little tiny bit and it's so beautiful and then i'm most excited about farah homedy that she's a makeup artist been around for you know she has a body of work like 20 years you launching she something launched a line starting with lips mm-hmm. speaking of lips and she'll talk about how it should be a little messy and smudgy and it's so the packaging is so chic and and her pipeline is this is what it looks like Oh, I could talk about packaging with you for fucking probably forever. It's like Miami. It's so good. And it has a primer, a lip primer and a lip stick, lip uh, stick, I guess. Oh my God. Look how beautiful your bathroom is. And look at your beautiful balcony off your bath. And then it comes with a lip brush that she made in Japan and you put it on. Oh, that's gorgeous. I love that color. Yeah. So that's a new brand that I think is gonna be really hot. I love that. that. I love how it looked like how it felt in your hand too. Really heavy. It's very mm. heavy and it's great. Look, mm. like Miami, right? Yeah, it's adorable. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for taking an hour to talk to me. I'm honored. It was really fun. And that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes this week's episode of Everything is the Best. I hope you enjoyed it. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff. Maybe leave a comment. But remember, shitty comments are for shitty people. Go ahead and follow me on Instagram at Pia Baranchini. And I hope you have a fabulous, fabulous rest of your day. Love you. Ciao. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.